Hi, and welcome to the Be Happy, Be Brilliant podcast with myself, Rodolfo Young. From a U.S. Army Special Operations soldier to spending two years in meditative silence, I'm now reaching a million people around the world sharing deep insights, practical wisdom, and mindsets to cultivate happiness and success. Enjoy the podcast and be sure to share the conversation to keep the ripple flowing. to kind of avoid that 
and ask around it and hope that it either gets offered or that we whittle down the things in the way and we finally get to like, well, you have no choice but to give me that piece of cake now, right? So I want to feel into how can we start asking for what we want because what I notice in my own profession, I'm both speaker, author, and I've done a lot of coaching with people. And one of the biggest things that comes up every single time when I'm coaching is that people don't know what they want, or at least they don't know how to ask for it. Because it's the one question I'll ask every single time at the beginning. I'll say, what do you want? You know, it's a good way to begin any kind of business relation, right? What is it that you're looking for? And they almost every single time go, I, I don't know. And I always call BS on it because I think it's a belief system. They're knowledgeable what they want because if they don't get it, they'll be disappointed. But they don't know they have permission to have it. So we're talking about desire versus escape. And as I said earlier, the way these talks go is we're just kind of meandering along the definitions that we have all agreed on and then changing them to see what's really beneath them, what's really possible within those things. And in desire, we've looked at the fact that we've been conditioned not to actually ask for the things that we want. Half the time, we don't even realize what it is that we want, and we're just busy distracting ourselves. The answer I normally get when I ask clients or even students, what do you want, is they'll start to say this. They'll be like, well, I don't want to struggle anymore. I, I don't want this, this health problem anymore. I, I don't want heartbreak anymore. I'm like, great. Those are the things you don't want, the things you're avoiding, escaping from. And it seems like such a simple shift, and yet it's so subtle that we miss it all the time. It's like you're on the highway of life, and there's a little off-ramp that says, desire, right over here. And you're like, Ooh, don't miss it. <laughs> We're going too fast, and so we don't slow down enough to really recognize and go, oh, before I get off to the races, let me get clear about what I want, so that when I take that first step, it's in the direction of what I want. Most of us are so busy looking backwards at the things that we're avoiding and running away from that we have no idea which direction we're going in. Those who have been to any of my other heart talks, you'll know that I always talk about these three pillars that I believe in. And they fit into every topic because I think they just fit into life. And those three pillars, they spell out eight or A-P-E, and it's acceptance, permission, and expression. Acceptance, permission, and expression. And I bring that up right now because acceptance is this quality to take notice of where you're at. I think a lot of times we think of acceptance and we think more of tolerance, where something's happening, and especially in a community like this, something's going on, and somebody goes, well, you just have to accept it. And we think, yeah, I just have to tough it through. No. <laughs> or I just have to be okay with it. No. You have to recognize the reality of it. That's acceptance. It's not being okay. It's not... Uh, justifying, it's not bypassing. It's recognizing the reality because if you don't do that, you don't know what it is you might want to change or you might want to move toward. I was talking to my dad recently and he also does some coaching for financials and things like that. He was sharing with me the same issue that he gets with clients, that people don't know what they want and this and that. And often they actually want to jump ahead to the thing they think they want because it will get them away from the thing they and he made the analogy for those who are sci-fi fans and have ever followed any Star Trek kind of stuff. Uh, he said, that's like they want me to be Scotty and to beam them up right to where they want to be. And 
skip everything. And I said, yeah, well, I've seen that. He's like, so this is what I tell them. And they say, I just want to go there. Okay, fine. Let's forget about the plan and the process and the whole way that we're going to get there because that's what he's coaching on. He's like, I'll tell you what, I'll be Scotty and I'll beam you up. Tell me where you're at so that I can locate and bring you up. And they can't answer. Because that's the starting point. That's the acceptance point. That's the point that you find the clarity of what it is that you desire. You can't find that clarity if you're looking backwards or you're looking too far forward. It can only be in the present moment that you find that. So again, this redefinition of desire, I think, has to be done from the present moment, step by step. It might be that you look at the mountain top and you're like, yes, I want to be at the top of that. For whatever reasons you've made up. Because you don't know what's at the top yet. But other people went up there and you're like, oh, they made it, I should do it. You know? But you start running up there without knowing why. And because of that, you might even look up and you might be like, oh, this is too far, I can't do it. I am less than everyone else. And we get into these stories. And because we get into the story, we start just trying to escape instead. And then eventually that goal to be at the top is actually an escape instead of a desire. You guys see how that happens? How are you guys doing? Once I get going, you guys following, you good? Okay. So something I've been playing around with recently mm -hmm. is to do with the expression part. So you know what it is that you want, you give yourself permission, and then you go freeze. And not not necessarily freeze as a lot of people understand it as in freeze as in you can't stop somebody else's reaction to a situation, but freeze from either your own conditioning or trauma to be able to Take actually action. express yeah. without reverting back to a time when you weren't able to give yourself permission. Okay. So you're describing, I always repeat this part before the recording and also just to make sure we all understood and I understood the question of it. Um, you're referring to this fact that, you know, and, and we haven't said all three of the pillars, but we talked about acceptance. Permission is to allow for change. I'll get deeper into that in a moment. And the expression that Sammy's talking about is when you allow yourself to witness. Mm -hmm. So in that idea, normally expression you think of as projection. It's how I project my opinions, my thoughts, my desires, my escapism, everything, how I put it out into the world. But that is projection, not expression. Expression for me is that you will put down the walls enough, which means you feel safe enough, in an environment that you feel safe enough, that the walls have come down, you don't have to say anything. But rather, you are seen, you're witnessed in what that desire, what that need, or what that support might be. And so it gets a little tricky, right? Expression in this model happens automatically when we truly create the permission. But sometimes we haven't really created that permission because sometimes we're still stuck in, like you said, these uh, patterns and histories and things that come up and put another wall up, put another wall up. Right? And those could be the stories. Those could be the things that you say, okay, I know I really want that last piece of cake right there. I know it, I'm so clear about it. And if I'm sitting over here, and maybe I don't need to say it, but if I'm just really being witnessed in the fact that I was really... <laughs> right? There's this idea that we can be in permission of allowing ourselves that thing that we want, or that change that we want, 
with that possibility. That's really what it's about. So we go from acceptance, we figure out where we're at, we kind of recognize reality. Sometimes it's not what we want or, or we're not happy there, we may not be comfortable, but we recognize where it is. So now we have footing. We know where we're stepping from. We can't go towards the finish line or goal unless you know where you're starting from. And then permission is when we allow for change. And that allowing for change, it's different from saying creating change, causing change, forcing change. It's not like I'm just gonna go over there and take the cake, right? That'll create other results and consequences. But rather it's to allow for the possibility. And that would mean me sitting here being like, you know, it's possible that they would give me that last piece of cake. Or it's possible that I can go get a cake later. Or it's possible somebody's gonna randomly come in and say, hey, nobody took this cake, no door, did you like it? You know, to open to that possibility allows me to receive it. Because now I'm not blocking it. But if in the same reference of, of what I think you were asking about, if you've gotten clear about what you want and you think you've given yourself permission to have it, but then you're kind of looking for, okay, how can I express it into the world that I'll get it? Then you're still busy trying to manipulate, control the situation instead of really accepting, embracing the possibility that you can have it. And then getting curious of how it happens and responding to it. So it'd be different if they come with a cake and I go, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, right? Which we do a lot. I'll get to you in a moment because I, I can tell there's another question. But it's kind of like how many of you have done a, a manifestation board or vision board? Yeah, some of us or heard of them or know what they are. So, so essentially, it's, you know, you, you create clarity of what you want to manifest in your life by creating images and text and different things. I've seen people do this so often where they'll do it. They'll put so much attention and be like, yes, I really want this. And then very next day, maybe it was that they really wanted, you know, an amazing partner or, or a new relationship or something. And the very next day, somebody will come into their life and they'll freak out. Because they'll be like, oh, I didn't mean right away. I'm not ready. Most of the time, if you translate that, I'm not ready, what they're really saying is, I'm not worthy yet. They think they have to do something to prove that they can have the thing. And that's where we come back to permission. If you desire something in your life, again, it's not about go and force it and control it and get it. It means become open to the possibility that you can have it, that you're worthy of it. And that alone will start to open up possibilities and opportunities and then you respond to those opportunities when they show up. It's like, I, I, I always like to use this example. So we'll go through those three pillars with a nice little example. How many of you have ever ordered something on Amazon, Wikipedia, Shopee, or these different marketplaces, right? When you go on there and you're looking for something, you're normally pretty specific, you kind of have an idea of the kind of product you're looking for. You may not know exactly what brand or something, but you go in there, and let's say you're going in there and you're looking for a self-help guide on life. You're like, okay, I'm going to find the best self-help guide. I'm going to see what will help me. And, and finally, you go through all these pages and then just one pops out to you. And it's, who are you? Right, Rodolfo Young. You have one more copy on your shelf. And you're like, yes, that's what I've been looking for. And so you click on it. And this is the beauty of life. You can review your purchase before you really take it in, right? And so you, you, you say yes to the possibility. And that takes you to the next screen, which is normally uh, you know, billing address or billing information. So you put that in. That's your investment. It's the time you're putting here. It's energy. It's your excitement. It's whatever it is, right? But it's the next page that catches people. Shipping matters. 
Because again, you have not really accepted where you're at, you don't know where to have that sent to. Or maybe you have it sent to an address that uh, is behind a bunch of gates and locks and, and a moat and a garbage and all sorts of crazy defenses, and it can't get to you. And so the permission is to say, okay, here's a clear address to where you can find me, and I can receive it. Because otherwise, you make that order and it comes to your door, and if you haven't really given yourself permission to receive it, then the knock comes on your door and you look out through the little people. And you know, if you've looked out through the little people, the lenses, it distorts reality, right? But that's our stories. We look out into reality through this distortion of our stories, and we're going, no, that's not for me. That's not even the thing I think I've ordered. I don't know who that person is. They look like a monster. I know I'm not opening my door. I'll stay in my comfort zone and not receive anything. And so then we don't receive and nothing changes. And then a new story comes up of like, I can't go for my desires. I never get them. So you're, the way that you're talking about desires is you're not seeing it as something you go after to get. I think of desire, so she's asking you, is desire then not something that you go after, or is it something that you're maybe just getting clear on? And that, that's more the way I'm looking at it. That desire is the clarity of what you want. Because until you have that, most of the time what we're desiring is a stepping stone to the other thing that we haven't got clear on. So for instance, how many people in here have ever had a moment, or even currently, where you're like, I just had more money? Uh, let's be honest, <laughs> go on. I know we're a new video, he's like, no, I don't like it. Right? We've all had that moment, and the thing is, a lot of people get stuck on that. They get stuck on the idea of like, I just need to make money, and they forget why. Because money doesn't have any value intrinsically. The desire is the clarity about why. The money is just a stepping tool. And so that's, yeah, desire has to be about not just the thing that's going to, to get you to or satisfy or, or you're, you're obsessed on, but it's what do you actually want currently, in this moment? What would really fulfill you? And I can guarantee almost every single time the things we truly desire are some form of an emotion, a feeling. Whether through money that's freedom or uh, happiness or love, every time it's a feeling. And the beauty is that feeling you can choose in that moment that you become clear about what it is. But remember how we were talking about how we kind of in our communication with each other, we go around the thing that we want instead of directly to it. So we want that uh, last piece of cake and instead we go, are you going to finish that? And that's not the real question. Same thing in life. We're like, oh, I, what I really want is I want to feel loved. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out in the world. I'm going to look for someone, anyone, anyone. That's going around the thing that you actually want. But money also is saying, I really want freedom. I'm going to choose freedom right now. Make it a choice. No, I have to do the money first. Oh, then you go on a little sidetrack detour. And here's what I believe, and this brings us back to the, the topic. So we've been talking about desire, but there's this other half, escape or avoidance. And I think the reason that we don't get clear about what we really want, but we're so already taking action, we're running after things, we're hustling, we're, we're doing a lot. You know, if you look at most Instagram feeds, you'll see it. 
very plainly that there's a lot being shown like, if you want this, do this. But what they're really saying is, if you want to stop feeling alone, if you want to stop feeling ugly or, or, or not enough, if you want to stop uh, not having enough money, if you want this and that, they're actually talking almost always about the things they're avoiding. And they're saying this thing will help you fill that gap. That's escapism. And it's so subtle and so inceptive. Like, it's like, it sneaks up on you. How do we move out of that, uh, I'll call it a pattern, or maybe even just a subtle, unconscious way of being, a conditioning, so that we can actually face forward and look at the things that we really want in life and move towards them? It's a very simple move. Sammy seen it. Christina seen it. It's a very simple move. I call it the Michael Jackson move. This is your history. It's everything you are familiar and comfortable with. It's the things that you kind of look at both for familiarity and comfort, but also out of terror because you're like, I don't want it to stay that way or I want something to change. This is the future that's awaiting you. This is the present moment right here. And you do this, it's a Michael Jackson move. <laughs> you turn around. It's so easy. Stop focusing on what you're avoiding and open to the possibility of what you want. I say it's very easy, but this is what normally happens to people. They're like, okay, they're looking at this. They're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done with it. I'm, I'm going to make the move. You're right about halfway. And what happens right here in the present moment is something both magical and terrifying. Over here, they know it. They get it. They, they've lived through it, so they can be comfortable with it because it's known. Over here, it's also kind of known because they're, they have an idea of what they want. Right here, no idea. Blank slate. That's scary for most people. They get here and they're like, no, I don't know. And they can't get all the way over. But I say embrace the unknown. And the easy way to phrase that or we'll say an action you can take in that is be curious. That's how we bridge between escaping something and moving towards what we desire. Is we become curious. Without curiosity, you can't get clear. Without curiosity, you won't take a step forward, right? And without curiosity, stepping into the unknown can be way too scary because you're going to project what you think is there. I'll tell you, is it okay if I tell you guys a story? I'll tell a story. So years ago, when I, I used to live in San Diego, California, and I worked at a massage clinic at the time, we didn't get paid all that much. But almost every day, I'd go out to lunch with some of my colleagues. And many of those days, I would treat everybody to lunch. Until finally, one of them asked me, she's like, okay, wait, do you have like a side job or something? Because we all make about the same amount, we have about the same hours of working. How are you able to always treat people? And I said, well, here's the idea. If I have only $10 in my hand, and I go, ooh, I only have $10. Hold on to that. Save it for when I really, really need it. When my hand's going to stay closed, and all I can ever have is what I know, $10. That's all I'll ever have because it's closed. But if I open my hand and I spend that $10, now I have an empty canvas, an open basket, a vessel and container ready for more or less. But I don't know. But at least the odds are better. If I'm stuck on just what I know, that's all I'll ever have in my life. Same with our comfort zones and things. 
and you get stuck on being like, I don't want to take the risk because I could lose this, and I, at least I know this, and I'm good at this, or I'm, uh, whatever it is, then that's all you'll ever have. And the funny thing is, a lot of times, for many people, the thing, the only thing they actually know, they're miserable with. They don't like it. Maybe they're in a bad relationship and, and it's, it's literally harmful. Or maybe they're in a job they absolutely hate. But like, yeah, at least I know it and there's some stability in that. And so all they're going to ever have is that. If you think of it from that perspective, then being curious about what else is possible <laughs> is quite a nice opportunity. Because the moment you do that, and, and this is the beauty of it, the permission, remember, it's not about forcing change, it's about being open to it. To be open to it, you have to realize the possibilities are there. So let's say you're in a job that you absolutely don't like, and you're probably in that job because you're escaping the idea of not being able to pay your bills, and being a loser, or being judged by others, or something, right? And because of that, you're stuck there. And you have these fantasies of going off, traveling to places like Bali, Indonesia. <laughs> but you may not want to do it because you're like, oh, safety. If you just say, well, I don't have to leave the job all of a sudden, I don't have to just run off, I don't have to make some big bold move, huge risk, then I can at least say it's possible that I could do something different. I know that seems like that's an easy thing, but I, I tell you, I have talked to people where I'll say something like that, and the amount of resistance that will come up because if one's identity is tied to their comfort and what they know, then it's not that you're taking away the thing they know, you're taking away who they are. And so the resistance comes up. It's hilarious to me. I'll have clients, coaching clients, they'll come, and they paid me good money to help them shift into a new form of life. But they will hold on dearly to the old one because it's the identity. So again, we have to then take curiosity and get even deeper back to the book, who are you, right? You get deeper in and go, okay, wait, is that who I am? Am I this job? Am I this security? Am I this relationship? Am I this? Am I that? What could I be? And then know that you have the power to choose. So it's a combo. Um, I still don't get my head around the thing of the, the feeding the colleagues. No, I, I just like doing it, but the philosophy was that if I only have $10 in my hand and I close my hand around it, meaning I don't want to spend that, I'm, I'm, I'm penny-pinching, I'm trying to make sure that I hold on to as much as possible, then everything I'm holding on to isn't giving me value in life, it's just sitting there. And it will never change. It'll only ever be that. So it'll only ever be $10. But in the practice, and it was a practice of learning how to surrender what I have so that I could give the possibility of more. Mm. It's the idea of opening the hand. It's not about spending the money. It'd be nice to open the hand, the $10 stays, and another $20, and another $30 on top of it. Can you buy this with dinner? <laughs> Good direct question. <laughs> How's this whole landing to you guys? Is it relatable? Are you feeling it? Sure. Oh. 
happens a lot. Like that's a, another thing that I often hear from people, and it, it, it again, it makes me laugh internally. I don't laugh in the face. That's rude. But, but I'll, I'll sit there and they'll be like, let's say for a relationship, like, no, that's it. All these guys are just jerks. I'm done. I'm not gonna date anymore. You know, because our base instincts are that desire to connect, that desire for belonging, that desire for community, all this stuff, that's real. But they're stuck on what they're trying to avoid. They're stuck on, I don't want another jerk. And so what are they doing? That person a jerk, that person a jerk, that person a jerk. Filter of jerk on every single person. You're only going to see jerks. And even worse than that, unconsciously, from the subtle levels, they're going to go to places that they might only find jerks just to prove themselves right. Because that's actually the number one thing I'll ask them. Sometimes when I'm doing like relationship coaching, I say, okay, you're saying that. You're saying that you've not been able to find uh, the right man for you. Where are you looking? Well, I go to all the clubs, I go to the bar, and like, they're just not there. Right. Have you tried going somewhere where the kind of person you would like to be? Well, no, because that's not where I go. <laughs> Which is a good illustration right there. It's not about the world changing, it's about us changing, right? And we come back again to your question about how do I ask for that thing that I want? How do I express it? You start to become it. You become the person that deserves and is worthy of it. You act in that way, and it will show up. Yeah, you said um, <laughs> permission, permission, right, and, and then expression. Yeah. So I said that permission is so you don't go to expression to like and start like let's say what could be expression like action like okay now now I'm allowing me to that I get my desire so I speaking whatever I want to speak yeah. and it still feels like like heavy action so then permission like is that lowering the walls around yeah so like this point this is one of the trickiest things is that movement from permission to expression. Because we've been taught that to have something, to get something, we have to prove something. And it might be proving it by taking the actions to build it, or it might be proving it by um, just showing the credentials for it, things like that. Uh, I'll give you a great example. Uh, what was it, like two and a half weeks ago we were in Texas staying at my dad's when I was looking for the jobs? Yeah. So we were staying at my dad's like two years ago. We weren't sure if we were coming back to Bali. We were all over the place. And, and I said, okay, I'm gonna find a normal job because I've been an entrepreneur and, and like on my own for probably over 20 years. I'm gonna just find something while we're here so that we can earn some money. And I went the traditional route. Started putting in resumes and making applications, doing all this stuff. Probably sent like 30, 40, 50 applications. And I did a bunch of interviews and I got Far and then it just wouldn't land. And finally, I said to my dad, I was like, Dad, I don't get this. Like, how does anybody ever get jobs this way? He's like, Well, they don't. That's very, very few percentage ever get it from a resume. They get it because they know somebody or because it shows up in their life and it's just being in the right place at the right time. It's like, Well, that's how I've been doing things. I'm going back. <laughs> right? And that's the point is we have been taught that you're supposed to follow a system and a protocol and a, and a certain process because it's been generalized for everybody. But the truth is that at the individual level, it will happen in a perfect harmony and timing for you when you're not resisting it. I wanna make that really clear. 
when you're not resisting. If you're resisting it, it'll take a long time. If you're, and resistance can come in the form of, yeah, but I'm supposed to do that. I'm supposed to build it this way. I'm supposed to prove myself this way. I can't just be me and it works out. But you can. It's also about, from what I'm hearing from you, it's about being more of a receptive and feminine. So like pulling your attention out there without attachment. Yeah, yes. And then just opening to receiving. Receiving and responding. So that re responding is different than, let's say, taking, um, in, not initiative, you want to do that too, but uh, taking like, strong action towards. If something shows up, for instance, a lot of times what happens, especially when we, we're in spiritual conscious communities and we're talking about manifestation and these kind of ideas, people walk away and they'll be like, oh, Rodolfo said all I had to do was get clear about it and then sit at home and wait. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying get clear about what you want and then open to the possibility that you can have it and then get really curious of those possibilities showing up. Notice possibilities, not the thing. The possibilities will show up. Then you have to respond to those possibilities. So if somebody shows up and says, hey, I've got this possible job over here. No, 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 I'm busy right now. I'm waiting for something. <laughs> not going to work. Right? There's a great story about uh, a very religious man who, you know, he had 100% faith in, in this greatest source, this God, whatever it was that he had. And one day, a great flood started coming through his town, his city. And the rainwater kept coming up and coming up, and his neighbors were starting to leave, and they're saying, we gotta go. He's like, no, no, I'm okay. I'm making my prayers. I'll be fine. He goes up to the second floor of his house, because the, second, the first floor is already flooded. After a while, he's up there and he's noticing that people are literally on boats <laughs> going by. And they stop and they go, hey, do we have space? Come. No, 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 I'm making my prayers. I'm okay. I'm clear. I'm sending it out there. At some point, it gets so high, he's on his rooftop. A helicopter comes by, he lowers the ladder, goes, get on, we're getting the last people. I'm fine. I'm going to stay. I've been praying and my God will, will get me out. Helicopter goes. About an hour later, he goes. And he goes up to whoever, let's say, is heaven. And he goes in front of this great source and this God that he was praying to. And he says, Hey, what gives? I put so much faith in you. I, 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 I prayed. I did all this stuff. And you didn't save me. He's like, I sent the boat. I sent your neighbors. I sent the helicopter. What else can I do? So life will show us the possibilities, the opportunities. We have to act on them. Back. That's a big piece. But the, the point that I'm making is that that transition from permission to expression is not to go from, okay, yes, I believe I deserve this. Now I'm going to go get it. I'm going to take it. Because the moment you do that, the moment there's an urgency, and I'll even call it sometimes a desperation to it, you're no longer acting from desire. Now you're acting from, ah, oh, yes, now I got clear about how I can get away from this thing. Oh, subtle. But that's what happens. Do you, do you, you guys follow that? Like, there's this subtle shift that suddenly happens. That's why I'm talking about not being passive, but not being desperate. <laughs> Be inspired towards your action in the future, instead of running towards it to try to, in some urgency, because that means you're getting away from something. Yeah. So I'm curious, and I don't know how the words for this, I'm curious how that sits with you as a coach, because people are 
being and spending all of their time focusing on their blocks. Mm -hmm. So do they then get more blocks rather than going towards their desires? Great question. And it's one of the reasons I've actually shifted a lot of how I do my coaching. It used to be a huge frustration for me that people would come and say, I want this. And I'd be like, okay, is that really what you want? Yeah, I want that. You go, okay, great. And if you don't get that, what? Well, oh, God, that would be terrible because I have to deal with this. And you'd be like, oh, okay, so what are you really doing? And sometimes it would be as simple as, uh, I had a friend that, that used to live here in Bali, and she had a huge dream. And she, she had this dream. She really, really wanted to create this community center or, or like a, almost like a commune. She wanted to create this community. And she would talk about it all the time, and she would say, oh, yeah, this, 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 blah, blah, blah. And finally, one day I said to her, because she wasn't acting on it, I said, so you really want this? She said, yeah, yeah, I want it so bad. I go, so what you want is to manage people? You want to do management? You want to maintain a property? You want to, she said, oh, God, no, I don't want any of that. Sometimes we're not clear about what we're really desiring, right? I said, then what's really driving you? Well, I don't want to be lonely in the future. I want people around me. Ah. We can find the clarity of what we actually desire if we face the thing that we're trying to avoid. And we get clear also about that. We can look at it and be like, oh, I've been avoiding the fear of not having money or being poor or, or being tossed out, being homeless, something like that. And so then we go, oh wait, so it's not that I want money, it's that I don't want to end up on the street. Okay, where are you now? I'm not on the street. Have you ever been on the street? No, I've never been on the street. Why are you so afraid? Stop that. We think these things, these fears, these stories, these things we're avoiding, are chasing us, but they're not. I think of them like a shadow. The faster we run, the faster the shadow just follows along. <laughs> but here's the beauty. It always stays behind you, as long as you're facing the light, as long as you're facing the direction that you want to go in, as long as you're facing your desires. Now, if we call that your desire, the thing you want, the light, and let's say it's just like a spotlight, if you turn your back on it, now your shadow's in front of you. Now the thing that you're running away from is in front of you. And I think that's what happens a lot. Is that we are turning away from what we want because we're afraid the thing that we don't want is chasing us. But it's here. It literally is here. The only thing that will ever be in your life is the thing that you're looking at. What you focus on. Everything else might be there, but it's not going to be a strong part of your life because you're not focused on it. It's like, how many of you have ever had a paper cut and you probably had it all day, but then all of a sudden you see it and you're like, oh, man, that hurts. And then it bothers you the rest of the day. Our awareness and our focus drives everything, which is why, again, I, I'm constantly sharing, both in, in my life and in my fiance's life and with clients and students and friends and family, what do you want? What is it you actually want? Because it moves the focus. It helps us turn around. To stop being in a fight or flight mentality, a survival state, and more into one that's thriving. One that we're moving towards the things we actually want in life. From life. A great example of this right now is what's happening in the world. So many people are just waiting for this to pass. They're waiting for things to either go back to normal. They're waiting for someone externally or something externally to fix it. 
I don't believe it will happen. Because that's not how life really works. What must happen is we accept the reality of what is, and then make a choice of what we want for our lives. And in doing that, we start moving towards it. And that could be, let's say if you're worried about health, such as many people in the world are right now. How many of those people are doing a regimen to actually get the right nutrition, the right exercise, the right immunity? Very few. They're just waiting for something else to fix it. So we're talking about desire versus escape. And this idea of, can we move toward what we want in life? Because most of the time, unconsciously, normally, we're actually running away from something. We don't want to feel a certain way, so we think this thing will solve that. How well can we shift and not focus on what we don't want, and instead focus on what we do? Because the other piece of this is that everything in life is a cultivation. Everything is something being developed, built, stacked upon itself, the compounding effect. And so if you're, an easy example, if you hit the snooze bar every single morning, you don't get up, well, over time, you're gonna have lost a lot. You're going to probably carry through that delay, delay, procrastinate mentality through your day through your life, and then all of a sudden you reach an old age and you've not accomplished any of the things you wanted to. Same goes for if, let's say, we'll use money because it's an easy thing to, to imagine, you want to become a millionaire. Wonderful, you put $100 away every month, and eventually you will have a million dollars. It might take time, but the beauty is that it compounds, meaning it, it magnifies itself, it's exponential. So. If, let's say you're going to the gym to work out, the first few times that you go, it doesn't seem like something changes. And so the mind will be like, ah, this isn't working. I'm going to go and do, I'm going to try something else. But if you stick with it, over time, it starts to work. And then because you have more muscle, you have more endurance. You can do more, more weight. You can start doing more. And all of a sudden, it accelerates. No, come to that show. Oh, always. <laughs> Okay, so you know what you want. Mm -hmm. You're going to you're open towards it and you're going towards it. And something from your past comes up, mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, don't turn and look at that. Keep focused on what you want. Mm -hmm. How is that not spiritual bypass? Yeah, yeah, great. So I'm gonna repeat what you just said, but I'm gonna change the body language. Yeah. You're good. You're going on your path. You're facing forward. You're clear. You're going along. And then something from your past shows up. Notice where my hand is? Sammy went like this, something from your past. No, no, no. If you were facing this way, you didn't notice it. But if it shows up here, it's not in your past. It's a, some new experience. And a lot of times that new experience is not to test you. It's not like the universe is like, well, let's see how, how on point she is. No, no, it's just that maybe some unexpressed thing within you or maybe that that thing that in the past represented uh, a trauma or some form of suffering or some challenge is actually your opportunity this time. Easy example, if people have ever had heartbreak in the past and in the future somebody shows up and I mean, again, I see this a lot, they're like, oh my god, this person is perfect of everything I've been waiting for, I shouldn't even go there because I know where that's leading. They just brought their past into the future, whereas it could have been different. Our past will never come in front of us. A new opportunity will. 
Another way to look at this is like if you think of your life as a roller coaster, roller coasters have these little loops, right? Sometimes we think that when a pattern repeats or something comes back into our life or, and it keeps happening, we're like, I'm just in this stupid loop. Yeah, but on a roller coaster, if the loop was like this, you'd crash into yourself. The loop is like this. Just slightly, sometimes not even perceive it, you can't even perceive it. Just a little to the side, just a little different. That makes all the difference. Because you're growing. And every time that you stay on point in that loop, the distance will grow until finally you're just, oh yeah, that thing doesn't even show up in my life anymore. It probably is, but it's not noticed anymore. What fifth of desire is <clears throat> something that derives from the thing actually escaping. Like if the desire is, is a story that derived out of the story from the past. Mm. Can you give me an example? Yeah, like the easy thing is if you want to become a millionaire, then it, it, it can be come from the fear of having no money, right? Okay, great, great question. I would say actually the majority of the millionaires and very, very successful CEOs and executives and, and people out in the world were driven by something they were avoiding. They were trying to prove something, almost all of them. It's actually one of the hardest things about doing corporate coaching because you kind of ruin their whole motivation. <laughs> 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 I've been healed! Oh crap, I don't want to do my business anymore. Right? So, remember we were talking about knowing the clarity of what you really want. Those same people, maybe they got the riches, maybe they got all the money. Are they happy? Why did they want the money? It's, it's an easy one to look at, especially if you see, uh, especially on social media and stuff like that, these entrepreneurs that, you know, they're, they're playing the hustle game of, you know, I, I make a million, I have a $350,000 client, and I'm gonna teach you the same way to do it, and I'm gonna keep blasting this ad at you, and I'm gonna spend 24 hours a day doing this business. Why, if you really have a $350,000 client, rest, enjoy your life. Because the reality is that it wasn't about the money. They're still trying to prove something which means they haven't gotten the thing that they wanted because they never focus on it, right? So that, I think a lot of times when the thing we're avoiding motivates us or pushes us towards the thing that we think we want, again, if we were looking at this, we weren't going towards something we wanted. We were just trying to get away from this. And maybe a lot of people have gotten very good at avoiding it, but the moment they stop running, it's right there again because they've not turned around. What are some questions that you would ask yourself to know if that you're going to a little path that the thing here is from here or here? Um, so some sense. ways to yeah, so some ways to get really clear as to whether you're facing forward or you're looking at something you're avoiding is ask yourself if I don't get this. If I don't reach this goal, am I okay? That's one of the simplest ones. Because when you're trying to avoid something, there's an urgency, there's an immediacy. It's like, there's that sense of desperation. It's like, I have to. That's actually an easy one too. Look at the language that you use. Like, I have to make more money. I, I need to this and this and this. Okay, you're probably acting out of avoidance and desperation. When you say, I would love to have this, or, or I, would, I would want that. 
there's no urgency to it, that means you're not running from something. Now that's good to kind of help start shifting you. How do you gain the momentum then, right? How do you start moving with an acceleration towards it so that you're waking up super excited about what you're gonna have? That takes another thing. And I'll share another story. Um, have any of you read, I think it's The Way of the Peaceful Warrior on Dan Norman? This is a movie, right? Yeah. So, the way of the peaceful warrior. So Dan Millman, um, I don't know if he says it in that book, but he has another book called No Ordinary Moments. And I know he says it in there. He, he talks about this one time when he's with this mentor of his, uh, Socrates, I think was the guy's name in the book. And Socrates tells him, he's like, I've got a great surprise for you, really wonderful thing, and we're gonna go check it out tomorrow. He's like, oh, that's wonderful, oh, I'm excited, you know? He barely slept, he was so excited about it, because he, he knew that Socrates was giving him such beautiful lessons and great things, and, and he knew he had excelled so much in his own life, and so he's like, yes, okay. So the next day, he meets Socrates, and he says, okay, we're just gonna go up the hill. He's like, oh, wonderful, it's up at the top of the hill, okay, okay, we're gonna go up the hill. So they start going up the hill. No way up, Dan's up. This is great. I can't wait. Like I'm so excited. I'm pumped. Ooh, ooh, I feel so inspired. Such a wonderful, beautiful day. They finally get to the top of the, the hill or the mountain and he says, okay. So what is it? What what is this great thing that you wanted to show me? I'm so excited. Socrates kind of looks around and he goes, that. There's this rock, plain rock, sitting up on top. Dan's like, that? That's it? You're just this rock? You made me get up early, come up this stupid hill, that I'm sweating, it's so hot just for this rock? So he's kind of just nodding his head, he's like, well, that's funny. Along the way, you were so excited, you were so inspired, you, you were already feeling what you thought you were going to get when we got here. The idea there is that so often, we get so fixated then on the goal, even if we've done well to, to transition, we're like, okay, I'm moving towards the thing that I want. And we make it, if we make it a destination, we've already gotten wrong. Because now our happiness, our fulfillment, our sense of satisfaction is now based on if I get there. But what if instead, she's smiling because we have a lot of talks about this. What if instead of the satisfaction being from the result, from the end, from the, the destination, it was on the way there. Because the honest truth is that the majority of your life is spent in the process, on the path, not the destination. Most of the time you get there and you're like, okay, now what? So that's fleeting, whereas the process is there every day. And you'd be happy in that. So the way to accelerate, the way to, to stay involved and inspired is choose the direction, which is forward. Choose what you would like in your life and then just keep moving in that direction and enjoying the fruits of it. Don't make it about, I have to get here and then I can finally be happy. Choose your direction, which is forward. <laughs> and forward can be any way. Like you, you, you could, sometimes people would say, oh, I decided to move back in with my parents. That's not moving backwards. Maybe, they, maybe you wanted to. Maybe you wanted to go and take care of them. Maybe whatever the reason is. If you want it, you're moving forward. When you start to do that, then just the act of taking those steps toward it 
starts to fuel you, starts to give you something. You have a question until I answer. No, no, actually, <laughs> it would be nice if we would not like six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> because now I of it 
and you stay present. A big thank you for listening in today. You have been tuning in to the Be Happy, Be Brilliant podcast with myself, Rodolfo Young. I hope you've enjoyed the episode and that you'll share it with your friends and keep the heart ripple flowing. For more content and inspiration, you can visit www.rodolfoyoung.com.